Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody, to the 66th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I am Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. This episode is being published on April 20th and in Houston. We are going into our sixth week of quarantine, and I know for many of you other listeners, it's a lot more. So moms, how are you doing? I just talked to a mom who said, I just want to warn you, I'm feeling really snarky. And she was struggling with the, like, why bother? Why bother? Why bother take care of myself? Why bother take on this project? Why bother? You know, I understand why she feels this way. It feels like we aren't in charge of our own lives, that COVID and the government are calling the shots. You and your teens are continuing to have disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And all you want is for things to go back to normal. It can feel like we have lost our personal agency. Another mom told me that during the week while she's doing her career work that she feels relaxed. But her teen daughters are telling her mom, you're so stressed on the weekends. And the mom agreed that she she was, but she didn't know why. But as we talked she realized that at the core of this was that she really experienced the disruption of COVID on her life on her weekends because she can't go out. She can't have fun like she normally would, like going out with her husband or getting together with friends. Just more time quarantined with her family. But then the same mom told me, you know how I felt like my shoulders were up to my ears before? because I was so stressed. Well, my shoulders are back to where they should be. So maybe there's a silver lining. This episode is how to gently get back on track. In the beginning of the pandemic, we reached for the comfort food and you ate things like you don't normally eat like donuts. Many are drinking way more wine or cocktails or beer or watching way more Netflix, Hulu, Apple Prime series. And this all makes sense when we're in the acute part of the pandemic. But now, six weeks in, we have now entered into a more chronic phase. And this numbing takes a toll on how we feel. We can feel blah, sleepy, irritable, and default into the why bother. And to help us talk about how we gently can get back on track, I invited Elizabeth Barber as our guest today. She is, has a master in education, is a passionate advocate for smart, sustainable self-care, especially for women who are juggling the demands of career, family, life, and let's, let's just throw in COVID. Elizabeth has been an intuitive life and business coach, speaker, and retreat leader since 2000. She's appeared on PBS and in Experience Life and Martha Stewart's Body and Soul magazines, Elizabeth is known in her ability to inspire busy professionals to make smart self-care an integral part of their plan for success in both business and in life. And I'd like to add that Elizabeth has many, many superpowers, like she's an amazing connector. 
She is a smart businesswoman and incredibly intuitive. And she's an amazing friend. At my father's funeral, Elizabeth was literally right behind me on the second row. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me, Colleen. Yes, yes. So let's just start with what do you mean by smart, sustainable self-care? Well, that's a great question because I think so often self-care, and you and I have talked about this before, you know, it gets a bad rap. It's this you know, go to the spa and get your hair and your nails done and, you know, go out for wine with your girlfriends and all that's been taken away from us, right? During COVID. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I've been talking to my clients about for years is if smart self-care is those small actions that we take every day, every week to just take care of and nurture ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, I was, I was listening to your introduction about <clears throat> the mom that you talked to was talking about why bother. Yeah. And, and yeah. that just really struck a chord for me because why bother? It's like, if we don't take care of our self-care foundation, then everything else falls apart. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I invited you because I think often we don't even know that we've kind of defaulted into why bother. You know, we don't even know that. And so that's why I'm saying, like, how can we gently get back on track? Yes, I agree with you. And, you know, you and I have similar clients, but I know you're working with so many moms of teens. And a lot of my clients have uh, kids who are a little bit younger, um, but also some teenagers as well. And I think it is that gradual as you said, really shift that we are not in this acute phase anymore. This is more chronic and we don't really know when it's going to end. So the excuses of, well, you know, I'll just do this for a while or I'll just do it until it's all over. Well, we don't know when it's going to be over. Is it going to be two weeks or two months or two years? Really? Um, I mean, let's hope it's not two years, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping two months, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. but it's that idea that, okay, so how do we, you know, maybe we don't eat the entire bag of popcorn now. Maybe we give ourselves permission (laughs) to pour a bowl of popcorn and say, okay, I'm going to eat this bowl. Or, you know, instead of eating the entire (laughs) Easter basket of chocolate candies, we say, okay, I'm going to give myself four squares of chocolate and then we're done. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, about- Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I normally just to tell on myself, I normally eat like those little mini bags of popcorn uh-huh. <laughs> and I have been eating the whole bag, <laughs> <laughs> the whole bag. <laughs> and the good thing is I have run out of the whole bags. And so I need to get my mini popcorns, but you're absolutely yes. right. And like, while I'm eating it, I'm thinking, I deserve this. I deserve this. Yes. Well, and I think so often when we want to course correct, we think that we need to do it in an all or nothing way. Yeah. I I binged. And so now I need to quit cold turkey. Well, right now, I mean, I mean, if you can do it and you have the willpower, good for you. But I think for most of us, we need to kind of just slowly ratchet back a little bit, you know, so you talked about uh, Netflix and Hulu and all the television watching that people are doing. And, you know, maybe instead of binge watching for six hours, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to give myself, you know, my favorite episode an hour a day or something like that, you know, and so you allow yourself that transition time to just kind of 
you know, live in another world. I've been watching Outlander lately. Oh boy, that, that's a great way to transport yourself somewhere else to Scotland in the 1700s. That's awesome. Well, you know, I think there's, there's a, dis, I, okay, here, this is a real important distinction between we need rewards right now. We do. And there's, there's a point that a reward becomes numbing. And that it, and it's not a reward. It actually kind of hurts us because we don't feel so good. We've, we, we're not sleeping so good. So I think what you're saying um, is being intentional about, okay, yeah, you know what? I just, I worked hard today. Kids were crazy. You know, I deserve, or, you know, I, I mean, I do deserve like to watch a show or a movie you know, so I think it's about being more intentional instead of just unconscious. Yes. And I think that's what's been happening for so many of us. And, uh, you know, all out myself, you know, just walking into the pantry and standing there with my hand in the bag of chips and, and just kind of, you know, yeah. you know put one after another, after another in my mouth and going, wait a minute, I, I'm not even thinking mindfully about what I'm doing here. I'm just trying to numb it for the moment, even if it's, you know, five minutes. Um, And I think you're absolutely right. I think we need to go back to being more intentional with the choices that we're making and remembering that we have power over those choices, that we do not have to be powerless over it. Yeah. Um, And I think that's really key because I think, oh, you know, the, the, the chocolate was calling to me, you know, I don't know about you at Easter, but you know, it's like this little peeps or peep, 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 or (laughs) no, you can resist that. You can say yes. thank you. <laughs> well, so that's why I think it's really great to go back to that question, why bother? Because I think at some point we do feel powerless, but we there are plenty of things that we do have power over. So if we switched our attention to what we do have power over, like we can do something about our house. Yes. I can do something about my car that has bird poop on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's a good point. There's actually quite a bit that we do have in our control. Yeah. Uh, it, the food that we put in our bodies, the choosing to go outside and exercise, stay, stay home does not mean stay indoors. Yes. Yes. You know, you can go out yes. and work in your garden, um, you know, walk around the block, go for a run, go for a bike ride. Um, so there are quite a lot of things that we have control over. And I think we've kind of lost sight of that. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think for parents is uh, you want to think about if it's this hard for you, how hard is it for your kids? Yes. So they have that in a hundred times way. So what you're doing, why bother is that you're being a model for your kids. You're modeling for your teens, your tweens, however old they are, that, yeah, you know, it feels like it's one disappointment after another, but, you know, it's still pretty. It's still, we can, we can still laugh. We can still, uh, we can still play guitar. We can still play piano. We can still uh, get in the gardens and do something. Mm-hmm. Or make art together or play board games together. Yes. 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 Well, and I think that role modeling piece is so important, not just during times of coronavirus, really, but anytime, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, I'm sure 
you've probably said this saying as well, but it's the old, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's that idea that when we shore up our own self-care foundation, we are being that role model, that anchor, that foundation for the rest of our family around us. Um, to see that and go, oh, look, if mom's doing that, I can do that too. You know, I mean, I want my daughter, even though she's only nine, but I want her to be able to see that, you know, mommy's going to take a nap or mommy's going to go for a walk with, um, you know, her phone and call her best girlfriend who lives out of state yeah. um, because mommy needs that time away. So it's okay for me if I want to go up to my room and listen to some music or you know, call a friend on Facebook messenger or whatever, you know, that she has learned that it's okay to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another thing I want to add to that, you know, I think often, uh, sometimes when we talk about self-care, it can feel shaming like, Oh, you know, you're going to like shame me because of what I'm eating. You're shaming me because I'm not exercising. You're shaming me about this. And really part, what you want to do with that, I think, is turn it around and like, this is for me. Like, I want to feel better. If I do some of these little things, I feel better and I, I'm in a better mood. I have more energy. I actually like my kids and spouse and you want to speak to that? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think you nailed it on the head when you talked about the feeling. It's about how are you feeling in your body, mind, and spirit right now? Yeah. And if you're feeling off or disconnected or out of integrity, that's the signpost for you to know that it's time to make a decision and make a different choice. Um, yes. So I absolutely agree. And I, I do think it is about... It's about giving ourselves a gift and it's really about loving ourselves. It's really the opposite yeah. of that assumption of, oh yeah, you're, you know, you're going to shame me. It's like, no, I, I want to love myself and care for myself during this time um, because this is really hard on all of us, no matter how old we are or how much life experience we have or how much resilience we've developed over the years. This is tough on everybody. So the more loving kindness we can show to ourselves, the more we can share that with others. Yeah. And Elizabeth, before we got it started, you were telling me that you had something really hard happen yesterday. I did. Yes. My kitty cat, who was about to turn 19, uh, died yesterday. Yeah. Like you didn't need that. No, I did not need that. It was a, a big surprise and unexpected. And um, yeah, and you know, life goes on. You know, that's the thing I'm seeing uh, in these last, what did you say, we're six weeks in now? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like, I've lost all track of time. Um, but, you know, real life is happening you know, loved ones are dying. People, I, I have two friends who have parents in hospice right now. I have two other friends who also have lost pets in the last two weeks. Um, you know, people are losing jobs. Other people are moving. They're buying and selling houses. Like big life events are still going on while we're in this quarantine. And, um, you know, I know that when Jasper Kitty died yesterday, at first was just in such shock, honestly, but today I've really given myself a lot of grace and space and spending a lot of time, you know, hugging my husband and daughter who are now thankfully at home with me. Right. Like, isn't that one of yeah. the, 
weird and interesting things about this quarantine, but normally they would, he'd be at work and she'd be at school and I'd be working in my home office, but instead we're all here. So, you know, we gather every hour or two and kind of snuggle on the couch and tell a funny Jasper story or something. And that's been really sweet. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how do you practice that loving kindness with yourself? But you just so beautifully said how you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just a beautiful example of you kind of living what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we need to give ourselves so much more grace than we usually do. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, it's so much easier to give grace to someone else. Um, yeah. But we need to give it to ourselves right now. We really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want y'all to hear moms who are listening that this isn't, uh, we're coming from you knowing like, we know this is hard, but we also know that if, that's why I'm calling it gently getting back on track. Because if mm. you start doing some of these small, little kind things to yourself, um, it just, it's going to help you feel better. Mm-hmm. And w- one thing I think that I've been sharing with people is that <clears throat> Sometimes another reason why bother is that it it may be hard to find meaning in the present moment because the present moment is so full of uncertainty, like what are they going to roll out in terms of these stages and all of that. Uh, But you have a future self and that Mm -hmm. future self is back in her it may, may, may not be like how things used to be, but it's going to feel pretty much like normal. And so your future self is going to look back on this self. And, and I think the future self will look back on grace. Like, how did you get through all of this? But there may be some things, there may be some things like projects uh, that you may have that your future self would be like, wow, that is so great that you got that done in that time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or your future self might be thinking, why didn't you get that thing done back? So, but you know, (laughs) so sometimes the future self can kind of help you have that reason of like, Oh, this is why I should bother. Cause, cause life will, we will resume our lives at some point. Yes. We definitely go ahead. I I was going to say, I think, that's one of the biggest challenges is right now it feels indefinite. It feels like we're going to be here forever. But the truth is this is really temporary. Like in the blip of your lifetime, you know, you were asked to stay home for, you know, maybe two months, right? Like it's temporary. And so I think everything we're talking about is so key here that we need to make sure we don't get so far off track. Um, that it's going to be hard getting back to normal, not only in, you know, our jobs and school and life, but, but with our, our self-care and our sense of balance and who we know ourselves to be. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, um, I know some of your specialties are like daily rituals, you know, or or rituals. So how can the, the daily rituals help us out? Well, I think those daily rituals. Um, and, and what are, do you consider our da- daily rituals? 
Mm, okay. Well, and, and that's of course going to be different for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, but some example daily rituals that I hear from, you know, clients and colleagues and friends are things like, you know, prayer and meditation time in the morning. Um, there are things like making a point to connect with a particular loved one every day. You know, that could be a spouse, it could be children, it could be your best friend, it could be your mother. Um, but just making sure that you're keeping those relationships um, nurtured right now, because we really need that. Um, it could be, speaking of those relationships and thinking of prayer, sort of combining the two. Um, I know I've been spending a lot of time at my, my personal altar lately, um, talking to the ancestors. I, it happens that both of my parents are, um, are deceased now. And so they're on the other side. And, um, you know, so I've kind of been talking to them daily, uh, whether I'm sitting at my altar or maybe it's, I'm out, you know, walking in the neighborhood and I see a pair of Cardinals. That's how they tend to come and visit me, uh, mama and papa Cardinal. And, you know, I just kind of talk out loud. I'm like, all right, mom, dad, like you've been through some tough stuff. Like help me get through this. Um, <clears throat> And so I think, I think some of those types of rituals are important. Um, I also think some of the fun ones are really important too, you know, especially when you have kids at home and it doesn't matter how old they are, if they're toddlers or teenagers or even college kids who are home, you know, crank up Alexa and have a dance party, you know, every night at 6 PM and just say, okay, we're going to play, you know, seventies tunes tonight, or it's going to be, you know, jazz music or whatever. But you know, have fun with that. Create those little family rituals where you can gather together. Um, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, tell, telling bad dad jokes. I know, um, <laughs> I know uh, for my husband's, uh, I think it was Christmas, we gave him a bad dad joke calendar. And so every couple of days we'll grab the calendar and be like, all right, let's hear some really bad corny jokes. And we, we kind of groan at each other and then we keep telling them because they're so funny, you know, like they're so stupid. Um, yeah. But sometimes you need those deep belly laughs. Um, yes. so I think, I think ritual rituals can be both sacred and silly. Yeah. Um, they yeah, don't I like that. Yeah. It's a combination of that. So, um, yeah. What, what are some of your rituals that you do? Some of your daily rituals? Uh, yeah. So one of mine is that I normally get a Starbucks in the morning and go walk mm-hmm. and say my prayers. Okay. So, uh, my Starbucks is closed, but, um, there is a drive through Starbucks. Ah. <laughs> so I still get my Starbucks and then I'll walk through my neighborhood and I'll, I'll say my prayers. So that is the way I kind of wake up, nice. um, taking my dog for a walk. I have picked up the guitar again. Oh, good. You know, so there's certain things that like I've, I kind of rotate doing things in the evening. So one of those is I pick up my guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, some of those sorts of things. That's great. Uh, but yeah, I love I love the idea of the dance party. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to some one, one teenager I talked well, college kid I was talking to yesterday and she's got allergies and like so she's got all these excuses. I can't when I mean, she can't go to the gym and if she goes outside you know, she has allergies, but, but while we're talking, she's like moving around and she's shaking her shoulders. And I said, 
oh, honey, you just need to dance. That's what you need Mm, to do. I love it. (laughs) That's your exercise. You just, when you can't concentrate, you just start dancing for 15 minutes. Yes. Yes, that's so good. Can I add one more? Yeah, please. Uh, Because I realized it's pretty critical when I was thinking about, you know, what does my family do? Um, And we do... Uh, grace at dinner every night. So, you know, we'll say a grace or prayer before we eat. But then what we do right after that is we will say our gratitudes. So we'll say out loud, what are we grateful for, for that particular day? And I think during these times where we are feeling so much stress and anxiety and frustration and uncertainty to refocus on gratitude is so critical. And whether you do it privately alone in your journal, you know, write yeah. down five, five things every night that you're grateful for, or whether you sit around the table and you know talk with your family about it, or if you have a, um, you know, maybe a best friend that you text a couple gratitudes to every day. Um, but I think connecting to that gratitude is especially critical right now. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so how have you kind of balanced, um, a lot of people listening to this are, are moms who have careers and their home. So how, how, how have you handled some of the challenge of being a business owner, having your home, uh, your husband working on his business, having your daughter who's nine, homeschooling what are Mm -hmm. what are some of those challenges how how have you worked through some of those I would say definitely having the child home has been more challenging than having the husband at home. (laughs) And I would imagine there's a lot of people here. Well, I don't know. Maybe not everybody's story is different, right? I shouldn't make assumptions. Um, But I think definitely having the kiddo home has been challenging because, and as many people have talked about, in the first couple of weeks, it wasn't homeschooling. It was crisis schooling. Yeah. You know, sud- suddenly our children were home. We had no plan. There were no resources because the school systems were scrambling because they didn't know what to do either. Yeah. Um, and so we were all in this crisis mode. Now that I think the school systems have classes in place, I think that's getting a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but certainly I think for us, I think the number one thing has really been communication. We've had to make sure to sit down as a family every day and talk about, okay, so, you know, what are daddy's phone calls? What are mommy's phone calls? What are Riley's phone calls? Cause you know, now the kids are doing zoom calls with their teachers yeah. um, and making sure that of course her needs are met first, you know, does she need to have something printed out or does she need help dialing in whatever? And then um, just making sure that there's always someone to take care of her. And then he and I have been kind of bouncing back and forth in terms of our availability. Um, and sometimes we're both on a phone call and we have to say, kiddo, you're on your own. Um, and yeah. if you're done with your schoolwork, then, you know, go do some art or, um, you know, pick up the science project or go do some origami or, you know, and then in other days, it's just fine. You want another, your fifth hour on your Kindle? Fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I must admit, we've had some days we've resorted to that. Um, well, not yeah, it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's okay. But I think what you're saying is so important. And I, as I've been talking to families, uh, this can cause a lot of drama, which is, um, is that you're not, it's like you almost have to communicate more than you normally would. Yes. So instead of, uh, like 
I had, um, was talking to a family where the dad would just kind of leave and go riding his bike. And that could cause a lot of problems. Even there's nothing wrong with him riding his bike, but it just wasn't communicated. Yeah. Like I would encourage you to almost overly communicate about what you're doing or what the schedule is, because that's going to help you. If you're super clear about like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be recording this podcast for this hour. I'm going to be on this call. Um, I'm going to be uh, available at this time, you know, and, and also I think what's helpful is like, I had, I had a teenage girl say, my dad, I think is mad at me. I think he's been mad at me for the past four days. Mm. And I said, do you know anything that you've done? <laughs> well, no, I don't, but I just think he's mad because he won't talk to me. I said, well, maybe he, dad's just mad about something different. Maybe dad is not, is kind of stressed about his business and it's not about you. I think even just saying, hey, you know, checking in with each other, how are you doing today? And I think it's okay to say, you know, right now I'm sad or right now I'm kind of stressed. I'm stressed about my business and I'm going to take care of it, but I just want you to know I'm not stressed at you. I totally agree. And there's two key things that you just hit on there. And the first is not making assumptions yeah. Um, because I think that when we assume, well, you know, the old saying, yes. <laughs> my dad used to say, that. you assume <laughs> me, make an ass out of you and me, uh, for, <laughs> forgive the language. But, um, you know, I remember my dad saying that to my young self and, and it is such a reminder that we, we just don't know. I remember we had a really stressful event, family event a couple weeks ago. And I kept saying to my husband, like, gosh, you're really quiet or are you upset? And then it wasn't until later that night and the next morning, he was able to say, no, no, I had this really big thing happening at work. And that was running in my background while we were dealing with this big family thing. And I just, you know, I I just wasn't able to articulate it to you at the time. I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Um, And I think the other piece you just mentioned, Colleen, about emotions is huge. The emotions are so all over the place, and especially for our kiddos, whether they're younger or whether they're teenagers or whether they're college-age students. I mean, these emotions are big, and we're having a tough time managing our own, but we've got to help our children navigate this. So the more we know where they stand, the better able we are to offer support. And if we can't be the support, say, well, who do you need to talk to? I mean, you know, when our cat died yesterday, the first thing I said, I said, kiddo, would you like to talk to your school counselor? Yes, mommy. We made sure she was on the phone with the school counselor first thing this morning. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. great. I think just asking people what they need is important. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, So have you noticed any positives that have come out of this? Sure. Yeah, lots of them. Um, I think, well, I think there's been a lot more family time and connection time, which, you know, some people are like, oh, it's too much. Um, But there's also been really quality family time that has come out of this, Um, you know, seeing people, you know, for example, trying to support local business and saying, okay, we're going to go pick up takeout at our favorite restaurant, but then we're going to go have a picnic in the grass nearby. Um, You know, we never used to do that. And now I'm like, oh, we have picnics like three times a week. This is really fun. (laughs) I'm enjoying that. Um, You know, spending more time outside. I don't know about you and your neighborhood, but we are seeing so many people outside biking and walking their dogs and, you know, kids riding on bikes um, and and all ages too, you know, which is great. Um, 
I think we're getting back to some of the basics in terms of, you know, our society, we've gotten so uh, consumption focused, right? You know, consuming uh, movies and media and going to the mall and shopping and, you know, even eating food, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now it's more of the, like, what are the simple pleasures, you know, creating art, going on nature walks, um, you know, listening to music, uh, spending more time in the garden. I can't tell you how many friends I've seen who are doing all this great yard work. I'm like, oh, that's gorgeous. I need to do more of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. What about you? What other positives have you seen? Well, I mean, one of my my core values is that we need downtime. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we haven't had much of in our normal day life. And yes. so I feel like we're finally getting downtime. Yes. And so that that non-stress time is just like just the gold for connecting, gold mm-hmm. for connecting to your teens and and moms that you don't have to, you can let go of being that monitor all the time. You don't have to say, come on, get up, come on, get dressed. We need to go to school. You can kind of let that go a little bit and just be present. Mm-hmm. I think people are a lot more present. Yes. And, um, and so a lot of playfulness can happen when you're more present. Yes. You know? And I think like my, my client who said that her shoulders used to be up to her ears. I mean, there, mm. there is a sense that we're uh, even in the kind of in our business world that we're relaxing a little bit. It's not as much pressure. I think we've dialed down some of that pressure that we desperately needed. And I think, I think we haven't been really aware of how much pressure we've been living in and under. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is some of it. I, I, and just even in Houston, I don't know if you've noticed, I am a native Houstonian, but this week is we've had amazing weather and the sky has been so intense blue and yes. the colors are so vibrant. Yeah. And I, I kind of think, you know, not so many cars on the road has just made it mm-hmm. so beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things um, I've noticed and I've heard a lot of people talk about is the birds. I'm hearing yeah. the birds sing and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, the birds have probably been singing all along, but we weren't paying attention, but now we're listening. Yeah, I mean, so before we would have to talk about mindfulness as as an activity that we had to do. Mm-hmm. But now it's like I'm walking in the mornings and I'm just, I am mindful. Yes. You know, so I think those are some of the positives mm-hmm. um, that uh, I think that I think I think because we have been socially isolated that we are reaching out more and being more intentional with friends, if it's Zoom calls or just regular phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of Zoom calls with family actually all over the country. And it's interesting because, you know, we might only see them for, you know, maybe Christmas and maybe a graduation once or twice a year. But we've had, I don't know, probably four family Zoom calls yeah, <laughs> lately. And I don't know if you, if, if you want to talk about this, but it, it's so touching about... Um, I th- that you're talking about the story of your, is it your stepfather or your biological father? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My birth father. Yeah. Oh, you want me to share the story about the prayer circle for him? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So my, um, so I am an adoptee. I've been living in reunion for 20 years with my biological family. And I know my, my birth mom and my birth father, and then I have 11 brothers and sisters, uh, which is really quite fun because I was raised as an only. And, um, my birth father and his wife have eight children and my birth father was actually hospitalized with coronavirus. Um, I guess it's been two weeks ago now, and it was really scary. He lives in upstate New York, a uh, very rural town. And so, you know, the fact that he got it was even just a little shocking because um, we're like, you know, who we come in contact with. Um, but he was hospitalized for a good week and uh, the family got together for a couple of Zoom calls. And one night was just particularly moving. Uh, my brother started, you know, we kind of all talked and visited and my, my birth father was on the phone with us, you know, from his hospital bed, just listening. And then the rest of us, the nine of us kids were on the zoom call. And, um, then my brother just started praying and he said his prayers and then he went quiet. And then the next sibling said their prayers and then they went quiet. And so just one by one, we went around the circle. It probably took us, I don't know. 45 minutes, maybe even longer. And everybody went around and shared a prayer for, for Roger and for our family and for our country, for the world. Um, it was just really powerful to be part of that. And I knew that you had felt so bad about being, not being able to be with him and be there. Yes. And that just must've felt so amazing to be with all those, with family and, and have that experience together. Yeah, it was an amazing way to be connected. Um, and that was the thing when it was my turn to pray, I said, I'm so grateful to technology because, you know, <laughs> here I am way out here in Texas and they all live in um, Tennessee and then New York. So uh, it was yeah. great to be connected. Yeah. Yes. All right. So we're going to start winding this down, but do you have any other um, advice or tips that you think could be helpful to moms getting gently back on track? I think it's just kind of reiterating what we've said already. I think stay present and um, give yourself grace. I think, you know, releasing our expectations of what things should look like and just allow them to be as they are. Because yeah. um, as we talked about at the beginning, this is temporary. This is not going to last forever. And um, if we can just hang in there a little while longer, we're, we're all going to get through this. Yes. Uh, yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. So if people want to know more about you, how can they reach you? Um, I think you have, um, you have a free PDF. You want to tell them about that? I do. Yes. So if uh, your listeners, if your moms want to go to my website, which is elizabethbarber.com and Barber is spelled B-A-R-B-O-U-R. Um, I have a, a free download. It's just like 10 pages. Uh, it's called uh, seven daily habits for self-care, sanity, and success. <laughs> and we all need, we all need sanity right now. I think that part's especially important. Um, so there's that. And then um, also I have a Facebook uh, group called Celebrating Connections that has been really rocking in the past month. Uh, lots of interaction and conversation in there. I have a, a live stream in there every Wednesday. And then I have a, uh, a new book coming out on Kindle uh, at the beginning of May called Smart Self-Care for Busy Women. So all that information can be found on the website. So, Oh, that's perfect. That's so great. Well, Thank Elizabeth, you. thank you so much for giving me this time and for sharing your wisdom with all these wonderful moms. And um, 
So anyway, I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you for everything you do for moms everywhere. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. This concludes this week's episode of How Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I have some other great resources for you. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com. That has two L's and two E's. You can sign up for my Dial Down the Drama triple pack. It's absolutely free. You get a copy of my free ebook, Seven Ways to Help Your Daughter and Yourself, a free chapter from my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere. And you get a free subscription to my weekly easing. If you're ready to pick up your copy of Dial Down the Drama, you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For daily encouragement, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Dial Down the Drama. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.